Yeah, that's a little bit about me, man. I am so excited to be here and talk about Colossians, right? You guys are doing a study on the book of Colossians. I, I have never, so this is the first time that I've been asked to speak somewhere and then like told what scriptures to speak on. And it was very interesting. I've never had that before. So it was like, man, like what if, what if I read this chapter and I get nothing? That was genuinely a fear of mine. He's like, listen, I need you to preach on Colossians 3. And I'm like, well, you better hope that God gives me something. Because if not, we're just going to do a read along and just pray. So, but no, the Lord gave me something. So I am super, super excited. If you guys could just turn with me to Colossians 3 verses 8 um, through 14, if we could get that up there. It says, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Verse 10 says, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Slytherin, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let's just pray real quick. God, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you. I just thank you for the honor of being here, Lord. I thank you for what you are doing in this church, God. We open up our hearts today, Lord. We open up our hearts to hear what you wanna say, Lord. God, just let me be an open vessel for you, Lord. Let it not be anything that Mike comes up with witty, God. Let it just be all words directly from your throne. Let me just echo your heart today, Lord. God, we open our minds and our ears to hear what you want us to, to, to hear, God. Let it be fertile ground today, God. We don't want it to fall on deaf ears, Lord. We want to be fertile ground today, God. So have your way today in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen and amen. So like I said, um, my wife and I have been together for about eight years now. Um, I think we're going to make nine years in February. There we go. So <laughs> going to make nine years in, in February. I am 30 years old. So we have been together since I was about 21, 22. Um, over time, I have grown a little bit, you know, in multiple ways. So... I have grown a tad, and one of the ways that I feel like I've grown is, like, my outfits. Like, I think I got some swag. Like, I ain't going to lie to you. But I'm also not going to lie to you. I thought I had some swag back then. Like, I've looked at old pictures. I did not have swag back then. I thought I had a lot more swag than I did. Exactly. Babe, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You're going to get your credit. I promise. I got you. I got you. Just let, I got this. So she fixed me, right? That's, that's the whole thing. So my wife, right? You know when like you, you know when you like first start dating somebody 
everything is adorable, right? Everything is so cute. Even like the little things that irritate you, you just don't bring up. Because you're like, I can get over that. Like, that's fine. And I feel like my wardrobe was one of those things. Because I was like, I'm very laid back, okay? Jeans, not a fan. I want to be in sweats and basketball shorts. That's the way that I live. Thank you. It's not just me. Thank you. I want to be in sweats, basketball shorts, a hoodie. Like, that's how I want to live. My wife was not okay with that. And it started being these little subtle things. We'd be watching a TV show together. We watched this show called The Originals, right? Now, okay, hold on. We watched this show called The Originals. There is an actor. His name is Dan Gillies. He plays the character Elijah. My wife started making these little comments. It wasn't like, oh, he's so handsome. It was, she made the comments, look at how he dresses. He's always so done up. He's always got a suit on. Like, he's just always looking so nice. His hair is always so nice. And now, I'm sitting here at first like... Yeah, he got a suit on. It's a show. They told him to put a suit on. It's a TV show. I'm sure he'd be in sweats if it were up to him, but he's getting paid to be in a suit. But she's like, just look at, like, look at it. Just the way that he carries himself with this suit. Like, it's, and I'm like, what are you trying to say? You know what I mean? Like, what? So slowly, I started getting these hints. And finally, my wife opens up, and she's like, I wish you dressed more like that. First of all, you know what you got into. We've been together like a year and a half now. I never wore a suit once. Why all of a sudden I got to wear a suit now? So what would happen is I'd put on my comfy clothes and my wife would ask me this question, what are you wearing? And I'm like, there are two ways you can take this question. Now, it all depends on the approach. You get those people that are like, oh, my God, what are you wearing? Like, oh, man, that was, that's where the OOTD came from on Instagram. Oh, my gosh, what are you wearing? Where can I get that? One of my friends, she does worship, and people are constantly like, oh, where'd you get that outfit? Ooh. And I'm like, what? So you get the, oh, my gosh, what are you wearing? And then you get the way my wife approached me with the most amount of disgust I think I've ever felt from any human being in my life. From the woman who says she loves me so much, she loves me unconditionally. She doesn't love me in shorts though. She came out and she said, what are you wearing? I said, babe, what are you talking about? This looks nice. She goes, first of all, your shirt's all wrinkly. Your pants are all wrinkly. The shirt's too small. The pants are too baggy. I'm like, oh, hold on. This is what I'm, I'm comfortable with. And over time, my wife forced me to start changing my clothes. I had to start changing my wardrobe the more I grew in relation with her. And the more I matured, the more my wardrobe changed. My wife had told me, listen, you know, about, about like two years ago, I would say my, my ministry really started to grow. I started getting asked to go to different churches and, and teach places. Here was one of them. And 
my wife was like, listen, you can't go to these places looking crazy. Like, you, you need to look, like, put together or so you need to look presentable. She's like, this isn't just, like, you. This is your ministry, and now your kids, you're a representation of me when you walk out this house. Like, people are going to think I married down. No, no, no. <laughs> baby, you married up, baby. You know what? No, I'm just kidding. I married up. My wife settled. It's okay. I married up. I know. I'm sorry. It was just a joke, babe. I... I love you so much. Um, sorry, my fear, like, my heart started racing when I said that. Just stop looking at me for one second. So, so when my ministry started to grow, she's like, listen, you, you need to look, like, presentable. You know what I mean? You can't just be dressing however you wanted to. And one of the things she said to me, she was like, somebody's going to be able to tell your maturity just by what you're dressed as. I used to love graphic t-shirts. I have a t-shirt that has Reptar on it. Do you guys know who Reptar is? That's right. We got some Rugrat fans in here, baby. So one of the shows growing up for me on Nickelodeon was Rugrats, and they had this dinosaur called Reptar. I have a graphic t-shirt that I think is the coolest looking thing on the planet. And I used to wear it out. And it got to the point my wife was like, you can't wear that. I think I wore it to preach one time. And she goes, you better never walk out this house with that shirt on again. It's this graphic. And I was like, yeah, but I love this. She goes, no graphic tees. You look childish. You look like a kid. People are going to look at you and think that you're immature. Your wardrobe has to change. See, they may not get to know you right away, but what you look like on the outside is a good representation sometimes of what's going on on the inside. And as a matter of fact, sometimes it's the, it's the opposite. Listen, I'm a mature dude, but I'm looking like a fool because of what I'm dressed. My wardrobe needed to change, and I feel like this is, if you can put, on, uh, put the verse back up, I feel like this is what Paul is talking about. We need to take off the anger. We need to take off the rage, take off the slander. We need to change our wardrobe. See, he says, clothe yourself in compassion and patience. We're wearing these old, dingy, graphic tees, and the Lord's saying, no, no, no. I've provided you a new wardrobe already. And you're still wearing things from your closet. See, I didn't get rid of that T-shirt. I just repurposed it. It is no longer a going out shirt. It is a shirt that I wear to bed or to the gym. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's part of me and I love the shirt, but I was given a new wardrobe already. So when I go out, I need to be wearing this new wardrobe. And I believe that what Paul is talking about here, if you look in the beginning of the verse, he's talking about us being a new creation in Christ. We've been raised to life with Christ. And through the blood of Jesus, we've been handed a new wardrobe. We don't have to pull from the old dingy clothes. We don't have to pull from the old wrinkly clothes, the faded away t-shirts, the jeans that don't fit anymore, the hoodie that's too big or the shirt that's too small. We don't have to do that. We didn't have to go out and spend a bunch of money on a new outfit. A new wardrobe was handed to us. And sometimes, sometimes we get stuck in the old ways of our old clothing. You know, if you look, come with me to Isaiah 61 real quick. It says, and provided for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be 
called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. We have been given a new wardrobe. He has crowned us with beauty instead of ashes. He's crowned me with an express shirt, not a Forever 21 t-shirt. He has crowned me with like Gucci, with a Gucci belt. He has not crowned me with a Target t-shirt. But the Target t-shirt is comfortable, right? Like, so that's why I find myself in this, in this, this battle. I've been given a new wardrobe, but what I have is comfy. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's almost like they need to be broken in. Like new shoes, they got to be broken in. I got to kind of wear them a while, but it, it hurts while I'm doing it. I remember as a kid, my mom got me new shoes, and we were walking up. We were in Six Flags or something like that that day. And you know, you walk. You walk at Six Flags. That is not the place you want to be breaking in new shoes. But my mom gave me these new shoes, and I was like, oh, these look great. And I'm walking. We're 20 minutes into the day. You know you go to Six Flags from morning till night. We're 20 minutes into the day. I've got like seven or eight hours to go. I'm like, my feet are killing me. I hate these shoes. These are the worst shoes you could have possibly gotten. And my mom said, no, no, no. These are amazing shoes. You just have to break them in. And what happens is I was ready to throw those shoes away. I was ready to tell my mom, I don't want those shoes anymore. These shoes are uncomfortable. And she was like, no, no. It's not the shoes that you don't like. It's the pain of breaking them in that you don't like. So are you willing... Are you willing to go through that season of breaking in those clothes? Are you willing to go in the season of breaking, breaking in those new shoes? Or are you going to keep slipping back into your old shoes? Are you willing to go through the discomfort of being clothed in compassion and patience and gentleness? Or are we going to, are we going to shift back into our rage and our anger and our slander of other people? Because it's comfortable. We've been doing it for so long. I broke these in as a kid. So I don't have to deal with the pain of them now. It's just how I am. So these new qualities, are we willing to break them in? Are we willing? Are we willing to deal with that pain? Are we willing to deal with that frustration for a little while to break in the better pair of shoes? What I also like, too, is when we got my new wardrobe, right, it wasn't like an overnight thing. We went clothes, clothes by clothes, shirt by shirt. Pants by pants, hoodie by hoodie. As I got one, I got rid of one. As I got a new one, I got rid of one. And a lot of us get really, really discouraged when it doesn't happen overnight. It's a microwave generation, right? We want things as fast as possible. We were given a prophetic word that we're, gonna, we're called to the nations, and then tomorrow morning, for some reason, we don't have 20 billion followers like Roe. We, we're going we're gonna to release albums on top of albums. We're gonna, God is going to use us to save. You know, I've been told constantly that God is going to use me to be a light to my dad. My dad is not, is not saved. I was told that when I was like 9, 10 years old. I'm 30. My dad wants nothing to do with God. So because it didn't happen overnight, am I going to just throw it in the trash? Because it didn't happen in the timetable I thought it should happen, because it, it didn't happen right away, am I going to just discard it? And that's what I love here, man. We're, we're getting this new wardrobe, and, you know, some of us, we've only gotten the compassion part. 
We, we've gotten the compassion and we got rid of anger. We may still deal with rage. We may still deal with slander. We may still, deal, but that doesn't, we're not like, we don't sit and, and really enjoy and appreciate the progress that we've made. We're just so focused on the stuff we haven't done yet. The progress we haven't made. Like, I asked for 10 things, God gave me nine, and the only thing I could focus on is the one thing I'm missing. So the Lord has given us this new wardrobe, and we've only grabbed maybe one or two things so far. But all we can focus on is all the rest that we haven't gotten, and we feel like God is not moving. We're not doing the right thing. We start condemning ourselves and, and really judging ourselves because we aren't moving fast enough. Listen, it is a piece-by-piece thing. It is a piece-by-piece thing. As the Lord bestows one upon you, he takes one. In Isaiah 61, you see, you get your crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, which means the ashes and the mourning had to be there. It is an exchange. Some of us are in this storm, and we have these ashes, right? We're like, we're beat, man. I don't know about you, but I've been beat. Not like as much recently, but I've been pretty beat before. And it seems like I am just sitting in a pile of ashes of my life. From decision after decision after decision. Has it ever dawned on you that the Lord might have allowed that to happen so that you have something to exchange for that crown of beauty? It's an exchange that happens, but in order for him to give you something, you have to give him something. You, you can't receive what he has if your hands are already full. I can't receive a new wardrobe if my closet's already full of my old wardrobe. I only have so many hangers. I only have so much space in my drawer. Like, I don't have an infinite amount of space for my pants. So if I get a new pair of pants, where am I going to put it? I need to take out the old one so that I can put the new one in. And again, it happens one piece at a time, one shirt at a time, one hoodie at a time. And some of us, our old clothes is a a representation of our old assignment. Sometimes we're wearing clothes from an assignment that we had in the past. Sometimes the Lord has called us, right? I just said it, the Lord has called us to freedom. We've been freed and the Lord wants to call us into our purpose, but we're we're still wearing our, our slave clothes. We're still wearing our wilderness clothes. Like he's like, listen, I've I've got the clothes right here for you. It's it's attached to the season we were in prior. And we're wondering why, God, I'm I'm still not coming out of that season. You're not putting on what I asked you to put on. God, why am I still in this season of the wilderness? Because you're still stuck in wilderness clothes. I've given you the clothes to come into paradise. I've given you the shorts, the sunglasses, the sunscreen. I've given it to you to come into paradise. But you won't let go of the wilderness clothes. That's why it's super crucial to allow the Lord to pick out your outfit. See, when it says clothe yourself, clothe yourself in compassion and, and, and patience and humility, the Lord is picking out your outfit for you. It is super crucial that we put on what he has picked out for us. He knows what season you're about to be in, so he knows the clothing that you're going to need. He knows that I'm not going to be wearing a hoodie in July. He knows, I can't really say this, but 
knows I'm not going to be wearing shorts in the snow. I do do that. <laughs> but most people who are not me don't wear shorts in the snow. He knows that I'm not going to be wearing flip-flops in the middle of December and January. He knows that. So he's providing me the clothes I need for the season he's taking me to. It's a choice to put it on or not. And that's where we fall. We, we're like, God, why? why? Like, why is this still happening? Why am I not progressing? You're not giving you, you're not putting on what I've given you. You have access to the whole wardrobe. It's your choice whether you put it on or not. And we get mad at God, right? I've been mad at God, right? I don't want to sit like from this holy throne of I have been really mad at God. We've gotten into it before. And then the Lord is talking to me, and he's like, well, you just didn't do what I asked you to do. It was all right there for you. The, God, why haven't you opened up my ministry, and why haven't you? Well, somebody called you to, like, lead worship three weeks ago, and you said no because you wanted to play Fortnite. And I was like, yeah, and? <laughs> like, you're supposed to work all things together, right? Like, you said... Like, come on, right? I'm sitting quoting scripture at God. You ever quote scripture at God? And he's like, bro, I wrote the thing. Like, you ain't about to throw it at me. But I'm sitting and I'm wondering, I'm like, God, why isn't my ministry expanding? What is it? What's going on? He's like, I put the opportunity in front of you. You didn't put it on. I gave you the tools you needed and, and you didn't put it on. You didn't use them. That's like the Lord handing a shovel next to me and me getting really irritated that it takes me 12 hours to dig with my hands. He's like, well, I handed you a tool. I handed you the tool. You, you just, you didn't put it on. You know, I, I, there's a stage with kids where you have to pick out their clothes for them. We're kind of at that, we're at that stage with Judah. We're not as much with Addison. My wife, as you couldn't, if you couldn't tell from my story in the beginning, my wife don't play when it comes to like outfits. I don't think I have ever seen my daughter look crazy in clothes. She's put together at the house, like chilling. So my wife don't play games when it comes to that. But it's now my daughter knows how to pretty much do it on her own. But it came from my wife, not me in the slightest, picking out clothes for her to put on. We're at that stage with my son where we need to pick out his clothes. He can't just go in the closet and grab whatever he wants. As a matter of fact, if they go in the closet and wear whatever they want, they look like this. Now, don't let the pretty smile fool you. The clothes look ridiculous. As a matter of fact, I, I had to put this disclaimer out there. I asked Addison, I said, Addison, can you go pick out the most, like, unmatching outfit you can find? You know she still brought me an outfit that matched? She, she, she couldn't even, like, pick out bad clothes on purpose. I had to have my wife go in and pick this out. She's got frozen socks on, some rainbow pants, a Mickey Mouse shirt, some bow, earrings that don't match. And this is all because I was like, yeah, yeah. This is, this is what happens when we're like, go ahead, pick your own clothes, right? I don't know if you've ever watched Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. When he, his, the son comes out with, like, a cape, some snorkels. Like flippers and all this. He's like, I'm ready to go to school. Hey, by the way, my name is Frankenstein. Like, you ever seen that? Kids will pick the craziest thing. Some of us, some of us 
have on pants of love, but a shirt of bitterness, and we walk out the house looking like this. We walk out the house looking mismatched. The Lord's given us a wardrobe, and we pick the clothes that we think are easier to put on. We pick the clothes that we think will be less of a transition from one to the other. So I may not wear hoodies anymore, but maybe if I just do like a crew neck sweater, that's like a nice transition. So that's an easy transition for me. I'll put that one on. But you want me to go from basketball shorts to khakis? It's not happening. So, so you're telling me you want me to go from rage to compassion? Yeah, I can't do that. You're, you're telling me? You're telling me that I should go from, from pride to humility? No, that's too big of a jump. That could, that's too big of a jump. You're telling me that I need to go from slandering other people to loving other people? No. What I can do is I could go from slandering other people and just to not talking about them at all. Can we compromise? And then we walk out the house all mismatched. We're not wearing the clothes that the Lord put out for us. We walk out, we walk out with, with the pants of love, the pants of compassion, but a shirt that completely contradicts what we're wearing down here. And we wonder why we go out and we're like, listen, I want to be an evangelist, man. I want to preach the gospel, but nobody's taking me seriously. Well, what are you wearing? Nobody's, nobody's taking me seriously. Well, your pants don't match your shirt. You're wearing like a suit and flip-flops. No, nobody's, nobody's taking you seriously maybe because of that. Maybe because we're, we're mismatched, because we're, we're holding on to comfort. Because we're holding on to what we're used to. Because we're staying dressed the way that we like to be dressed, regardless of the outfit that's been put in front of us. Sometimes my daughter will pick a shirt just because it's her favorite color. It doesn't match at all with what she's wearing. And that's what we do. Listen, man, I can do the love. I can do the compassion. I ain't doing the patience, though. I don't like that color. You want to talk about a lack of patience? Watch me drive. I'm telling you, I've been trying to get delivered from this for like five years. Y'all laughing. You ain't driving next to me. So you won't be laughing. But that's how I look in the car sometimes. I'm, let me t I'm gonna show you biggest example of mismatched clothes right here. Got my radio on. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. For from Hey, what are you doing? Every person here that laughed, y'all did it. The greatest example of mismatched clothes. I got my shirt of worship on. Let me tell you, the undershirt? Nah. <laughs> Impatience. Lack of compassion. Lack of care. I don't care for your safety if you don't care about mine. I don't care if you get mad if you don't care if I get mad. The mismatch. We're wearing shirts. So on the outside, I can't tell you how many people must have looked at me nuts. I can't tell you how many times I've been on my way to preach at my church and I snapped at somebody <laughs> on the road. 
And the Lord gives me this example. You're wearing mismatched clothes. And listen, I'm not perfect, and I'm not saying our clothes need to be matched all the time. We need to try to get them matched all the time. Sometimes we slip up. That's okay. I can change when I get home. I got the wardrobe, right? But that desire has got to be there. That desire to wear the appropriate outfit has to be there. The desire to wear the outfit that the Lord picked out for you has to be there. It has to be there. It's not something we can sit and compromise on. We settle too much. We settle too much. We settle too much on the, oh, it's okay. God will forgive me. Yeah, no, he will. He will. He'll forgive you. But you're not going to feel the fullness of God holding on to all that anger. And it's not because it's not available to you. It's because you got stuff in the way. You got stuff blocking you. There's nothing that can separate him from you except you. Like, not in a sinful way. I'm talking, you know, we've got distractions sitting in front of us. We've got our rage sitting in front of us. We've got the wrong clothes sitting in front of us. I'm telling you. You get asked, what are you wearing? Like, what? You were just worshiping a second ago. And now you're, like, cursing me out, dude. Like, what, what are you What are you wearing? And one of the things that I noticed, if you could pull up all the things, um, all the qualities that he asked us to take off. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language. Every one of those satisfies a selfish desire. Put on um, the clothes that he wants us to put on. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. All of that has to do with relationship. Everything that the Lord has asked us to take off has to do with filling a selfish desire inside of us. Why did you get so mad? It just feels good to be mad. I watched an interview, and this, um, this actor was talking about his kid, and he was like, yeah, you know, sometimes we let them curse, but he slipped out with one that was, like, real bad, and I asked him why he said it, and he said, because it felt good. Because it felt good. We satisfy this selfish need on the inside. I'm doing it because it feels good. It's a release. All of this anger is built up. I have to let it out. It's a selfish desire. And he wants us to put on things that have to do with relationship with one another. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. It all has to do with your relationship with other people. If you have never learned anything here, which I highly doubt, one thing that I know bleeds out of row is that this is all about people. God is about people. When we come into alignment with the assignment the Lord's put on us, it stops being about us and it starts being about everybody else. There's a reason why he asked you to take off everything that fulfills a selfish desire and put on everything that edifies and builds up other people around you. When I was growing up, I heard this story from a pastor, and he said there was a pastor that had passed away, and he had this vision that he passed away, and he went to hell. And when he went to hell, there was this beautiful table. I'm not saying hell is beautiful. Just follow the illustration. There was this beautiful table full of all the food you could think of, lasagna, chicken parm, Benil, Lisa's Pastelon, 
Hallelujah. That is all over the table. No, not a salad in sight. Not a gluten-free piece of bread anywhere. Cake. Cupcakes. Chocolate chip cookies. I got to leave. I'm hungry. <laughs> he goes and he visits hell and that's what is on the table. And everybody is strapped down to their seat around this massive table that has all of this beautiful food. But they have forks that are six feet long. And everybody is starving. And the guy's like, why the heck is everybody starving? Like, look at all this food right there. The forks are too long for them to be able to feed themselves. It's six feet long. There's no way for them to feed themselves. So the guy in the vision comes back. He ends up going to heaven in this vision. It's the exact same thing. It is food beyond your wildest dreams. Everybody is stuck to the chair and they have six foot forks. But nobody is starving. And the guy's like, I don't get it. Like what? They were given the exact same thing as the people that went to hell. But everybody in hell is starving. But everybody in, in heaven is, is, you know, fat. Like we all, we loving it. And he said, as he began to look, he began to watch. The people weren't feeding themselves. They were feeding each other. The reason why everybody in hell in his vision was starving is because they were focused on how they were going to get that food in their mouth. Everybody in heaven was satisfied because they were focused on how they could get that food in everybody else's mouth. And while they were sitting here taking care of everybody else, everybody else was taking care of them. I believe that that's what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like. Taking care of everybody else and the Lord takes care of you. It is like this cycle of I take care of Pastor Lisa. Pastor Lisa takes care of Ro. Ro takes care of Yvette. Yvette takes care of Stephen. Stephen, John, John, me. And none of us are lacking a single thing and none of us are focused on ourselves. That is what the kingdom of God looks like. And that is what it looks like when we begin to be a church clothed in what the Lord has set out for us. And it's tough because sometimes we're like, well, everybody else is all focused on themselves. If I start focusing on them too, like who's going to take care of me? doesn't matter. God just needs that one person. He just needs one. Can you be that one person? Can you be that one person today that puts on compassion instead of rage? Can you be that person that puts on gentleness? Can you be that person that puts on something that benefits a relationship instead of a selfish need? Can you be that person today? While you're busy taking care of you, you're missing everything that God has put in front of you. While you're busy with your comfort and your satisfaction, you're missing the outfit that's right in front of you. But while you're taking care of everybody else, while you're putting on, and listen, None of what he's saying is like, you have to give all of your money to other people. That's what everybody like, well, I can't afford to like feed everybody. And what about me? What? No, no, no. How about just how you treat people? How about just how you treat people? Treat people in a way that benefits them and not you. The reason why we hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness for so long is because it, it benefits us, we think. We think it satisfies like this, this justice that's on the inside of us rather than letting it go and having it benefit somebody else. We let it go and have it benefit somebody else. Oh, 
And I feel like the hardest part that we have when it comes to this is staying clothed in what we put on. That's probably one of my hardest things. One of my hardest things is I'll put on patience until I get in the car. Then I got to take it back off. I'll put on kindness until you mess with one of my kids. Now, you ain't getting no kindness from me. I'm taking that thing right off. We, we treat these clothes that the Lord has asked us to put on, we treat them like a suit on Sunday, meant to be worn in a specific place and taken off the second you leave. We treat it like a basketball uniform that has a purpose for a basketball game. And the second you walk out that door, you go back to what you were wearing when you walked in. There are so many times we take a momentary change. There are so many times we settle for a momentary experience in the room and then we take it off the second we leave. I have been one of the guiltiest people with that. For years, I would have this incredible encounter with the Lord in a church service or in a worship service and then I'd immediately take it off the second I walked out the door and wonder why I'm not feeling God at home. It's because the experience I had, I took off once I left. I made it like a suit on Sunday. And a suit on Sunday, as I told you, I'm not big on suits. So the moment I get home, I am no longer in that suit. I am taking it off. I'm putting my sweatpants on and I'm laying down. We're going right back to what's comfortable. When I leave here today, I'm not going to go home and stay in this shirt and jeans. I'm going to shower, put on some shorts and a hoodie because it's comfortable. And too often, what the Lord has clothed us with here, the exchange that the Lord has done here, we take back off for what's comfortable when we get home. God is not trying to satisfy a moment. God is not trying to satisfy an itch that you have. That's not what he's interested in. And that's why when we ask for something, we may not see it right away. He's got a bigger picture in mind. He's not satisfied with just this, this momentary thing. Everything he's done is an eternal thing. He didn't save you for the moment. When he hung on the cross and he bled, he got beat, pierced in the side. He didn't do it so that you can have a cool experience for two hours on Sunday. He did it so he could have nonstop communication with you day and night, 24-7. He is one with you. You are one with him for eternity. I am done being dressed for the occasion. I want to start being clothed 24-7 in what God has for me. I am done being clothed for a moment. I am done dressing up like this is a special event. I want this to be the way I am 24-7. God, what do you need from me? What do you need me to wear? What should I put on? What should I take? I take off the anger. I take off the rage. I put on the compassion and the patience. No matter how long it takes me to break these in, no matter how long it takes me to get used to wearing them, God, I put it on and I trust you with the rest. I trust you with the process of this. I want to close with this. If you just look at verse 12, these words 
stood out to me. Therefore, God, as God's chosen people, holy and dear, clothe yourselves. I want to make that choice this morning that we are going to clothe ourselves. Again, guys, the wardrobe is wide open for us. The clothes are on the bed, ironed, pressed, shiny, give a little shout pen, no stain, no nothing. But God, I'm choosing, I'm going to clothe myself in what you, what you put out for me, whether I think it fits the occasion or not. I don't want to be caught wearing shorts and a hoodie to a wedding. I want to be wearing what you have assigned me to wear. There are so many times where I'm like, babe, nobody's going to be dressed up. Like, why would I go dressed up? I'm not trying to be the only one dressed up. I'm not trying to be the only one looking presentable. It doesn't matter. You're a representation of me. You're always going to look presentable. We are a representation of the Lord. And regardless of how everybody else is dressed, I'm going to be put together for the Lord. I'm not going to be perfect. I am not going to be perfect, but I am going to say yes. All God needs is a yes, guys. He doesn't need me to never make a mistake again. What he needs is my heart. I've said this multiple times before. The spirit of obedience is present before the manifestation of obedience. Which means the desire and the heart posture on the inside of you to do what the Lord has called you to do is there and present whether you do it or not. That is present before you actually start walking fully in obedience. I still struggle sometimes, guys. I don't get it right all the time. And I don't want anybody to ever think that the people on, on this altar are perfect people. We've never claimed to be, as far as I know. We've never claimed to be. But our hearts are on the Lord. And we're like, God, whatever you want, we are going to do to the best of our ability. Whatever you want me to wear for the moment, I'm going to wear. Whatever you want me to say, I'm going to say. As a vessel, God, I empty myself so that you can fill me for what you want for the situation. I feel like... Um, I feel like some of us might find ourselves in different stages throughout this. Like this is all a process. If you, if you didn't notice from start to finish, this is kind of a process along things. And I feel like some of us in this room might be just realizing that we've been given a new wardrobe. Some of us are just realizing that the garments that we're wearing now don't have to be our garments forever. The hurt that we're holding on to, the hurt that we're wearing right now, the depression that we're wearing right now, it's not something I have to wear for the rest of my life. And some of us are just coming to that realization today. Some of us here, the Lord has laid out our outfit and we're just too comfortable with what we're already in. And that's okay. Some of us, we've put on what the Lord asked us to put on. We take it off the second we leave the door. And I believe the Lord wants to meet us regardless of what step we're at in that process this morning. If you guys could stand to your feet, if we could get the prayer counselors up to the, um, up to the front. Thank you. Thank you. I believe the Lord wants to meet us where we're at. The Bible says he meets us where we're at. So regardless of what step in this process you're in, the Lord wants to encounter you today. And if you look, if you can just pull up... Um, that last one, 12, 13, and 14, I believe it is. It says, 
Look at verse 14. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. The outfit the Lord has picked out for you that you have decided to put on, I believe the Lord wants to seal with his love this afternoon. See, it's one thing for us to have love. It's one thing for us to show love and we try our best, but we're not perfect at it. I'll tell you who is perfect at it though. The one who is love. The one who is love can never stop being love. He can't act in a way that is opposite to what he actually is, right? So I believe he wants to seal this decision this afternoon in his love. The song we're gonna go into, it says, with just one look, everything changes. So I just wanna do a generic prayer for you guys real quick. And if you guys want prayer, please, we have our prayer counselors here, come up for prayer. But I just want this moment, just take, close your eyes a second. And I want you to just look at the Lord. It takes one look from him to change the desire of your heart. It may not change the outcome right away, but it's gonna change the, out, um, the desire in your heart. And I believe the Lord is trying to show you what outfit you need to put on right now, showing you the garments that need to be taken off and what it needs to be replaced with. Jesus. Just take two minutes, two minutes. Joy for mourning, praise for sadness and depression. So God, right now, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for meeting us where we are at right now, God. God, I just pray in this, we make this declaration and this decision right now to take off our old rags, God, and put on our priestly robes, the robes of patience, kindness, compassion, love, joy, God. We put them on, we clothe ourselves with them right now. And God, I just pray that you seal it with your love right now in this moment, God. Seal it with your love, your love that surpasses all understanding, your love that doesn't run out or run dry, your boundless love that has no limitations, God, I just pray that it, there is an outpour of your love right now in this room. Begin to pour your love out in this room right now, God, like never before. Seal it, Lord. Seal it, Lord. You have our yes, God. You have our yes, God. We clothe ourselves in what you have set before us, God. We are done with the comfort. We are done with the same old, same old, God. We want to walk in the new, God. We want to walk in what you have created us to be. We want to walk in the new season that you have for us, God. In Jesus' name.